0: Amen, amen, just as the Adams family just read that God is love. And this fourth part of the Advent is on love and Christmas Eve night will be, uh, we'll light the white candle and there'll be lots of candles out. Um, and that is, there'll be the white candles of the light of Christ because the light of the world has, has come in the form of Christ. If you remember um, last week, uh, Bob preached on peace. Uh, before that, I had mentioned a verse, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, a couple of times in reference to this Advent season, and the Bible says, says that these three things remain. What that means is like these three things remain for eternity, that we have fruits of the Spirit, we have things now today, but there are three things that will remain. You remember what those were? Faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. Do you remember which one it says that is the greatest of those three? As it goes on to tell us, the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. Love. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about love. So my prayer for you today is that you leave here understanding on a deeper level the love that God has for you. And I pray that you believe that, that you truly understand and believe that God loves you. Let's take a moment and let's pray. Father, Lord, you are um, all-powerful. You are in heaven. You are glorious. You are mighty. You are the light of this world. And your son, Jesus. Lord, you are all-knowing. You are all-present. You are holy. You are just. And you are loving. Lord, we come to you today as sinners. And Lord, we are asking you that you would show us your love, that you would speak through your word, that you would speak into our hearts today. And Lord, we are asking you this as broken sinners who truly want to know you and want to know your love. And Lord, we are Asking this, um, not in our power or might. We're asking this in the power of your son Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 We had just, the man and I had just moved um, from St. Robert, Missouri. I was beginning to work at Fort Leonard Wood, and uh, the community had gotten out of the Army uh, National Guard at that time. And we were living in this community that's extremely transient. And we'd make friends, and neighbors would come and go all the time. And so we said, well, let's move to a different community that's a little bit more stable. And so we moved to uh, Lebanon, Missouri, and we lived there for 11 years. And while we were at Le- Lebanon, Missouri, our first house that we had purchased, we had just moved in. And one night, we heard this, heard this meowing at our back door, and it was the stray cat And whatever you could do, you could not get rid of this cat. Like, this cat adopted Amanda and I as its family. It would bring us birds. It would bring us all kinds of things as presents to convince us that we needed this cat. And, of course, one thing led to, I'm never going to feed this cat, to, well, we'll just feed it outside, to it's never coming inside, and the next day it's inside with the kids, and this cat becomes our cat, whether I wanted it or not, it adopted us. Over time, we began to see the, the belly on this cat it was getting bigger and bigger. And I was like, how much food are the kids feeding this thing? Turns out this cat is pregnant. So not only do we have one cat, now we're going to have a whole litter of kittens. And of course, the kids know this, and they're excited, and. One day, we can't find the cat, and we search everywhere for it, and it was under the bed of my son, uh, son's bed, and it had just had all these kittens. And you could hear them underneath there. Meow, meow. Of course, the kids are all excited. Now imagine, and I heard this story, imagine for, for you and I as human beings, like our first reaction is to want these kittens to have the best comfort and be in the best situation that they can be in. Imagine you take them out of this box and you move them into the fireplace, right by the fireplace where they can be warm. And you think all is well. They're comfortable. The kittens are great. The mom is happy. But then you begin to see that the cat, the mom comes and gets them one at a time and she takes them back to where they were first born. And as humans, we don't understand, like, why would you not want to be in the comfort of this fireplace? And then you begin to notice that in the box by the fireplace is one kitten left, and the mom has not come to get the kitten. So you begin to have a couple of questions. One, why would she not want her kittens to be in this box by the fireplace where it's comfortable? And two... Why won't she come and get the other kitten, the last one? And then out of the quietness, you hear this little whimper, this little meow. And the mom perks up and she hears her baby and she comes in and she bounces into the box, picks it up by the neck, and carries it into the place where they were originally born. Now Christmas, I believe that the world knows about Christmas. They know that it's somewhat of a holy season. They know that the night that Jesus was born, but I wonder if people really, truly understand the depths and the truth about what this season as Christians that we're going through, what it really means. And I believe that the world is a lot like we as humans with the kitten, that we tend to want to go towards comfort, to seek out comfort in our lives versus understanding truth. Because truth is not always comfortable. And that's my prayer for you today, is that we go out of the realms of comfort into the realms of truth about how much God loves us. Sorry, my throat's a little dry today. So we're going to be in Genesis chapter 1, John chapter 1, and chapter 3 today as we look at this Advent season of love. Now typically in my sermon, I would kind of go verse by verse. We've worked through John, we've worked through 1 John. Um, But today I'm gonna do it a little bit differently. And a lot of it just out up front is based off of, I was reading this book, Mere Christianity. Anyone read that before? C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity. So you may pick up a few things that I picked up as well from C.S. Lewis. If you are struggling with Christianity or you have questions, I would be happy to loan this uh, book to you uh, if you would like, Mere Christianity. So Advent means anticipation of an appearing or of, an, of a coming. And that is what we are as Christians, that like we are anticipating Christ's return, the Advent season. And we look at these three things and today is on love. And for us to know God's love, I believe it takes three things. It's knowing God, who he is from the beginning. It's our faith in Christ. And the third thing is moving from comfort into truth and true understanding of who God is and who Christ is. And you can't know God's love fully without true True faith. True faith in Christ. You see, faith is a very simple concept. To put your faith and trust in Christ and what he did for us. But yet it is an extremely difficult thing as well. Faith. Faith. Starts with faith. Let me explain. So we're going to go ahead and put up Genesis 1. 1. Chapter 1, verse 1. You may have heard this before. We'll see if we can read this together. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Let's start over again. In the beginning, God created... Okay, stop. Stop right there. All right, let's do this again. Right, ready? In the beginning, God... Okay, stop right there. In the beginning... Who? Who? In the beginning, God. Heard of a rabbi that taught it that way. He said, let's just stop right there. First thing I'm going to teach you. In the beginning, God. How does that make you feel? In the beginning, God. Let's go to John chapter 1. Verse 1. Let's read this together. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, if you were here when we went through John expositorially, you probably remember us camping on this for a while. But I want you to see that also. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word being Christ, the Son of God, in the beginning was the Word, in the beginning. Let's turn over to John 3.16. You may have heard this one before as well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's look at the first part of that. For God so loved the world. Didn't say for humans so loved the world. You see, it all starts with God. We as Christians or those that are seeking out faith, we have to understand like from the beginning was God. That in Christ, light was created, the world was created, everything through Christ, that the light came to the world because we as sinful human beings, we we walk in the darkness and that, that we need light, that we all need light. And just like those kittens under the bed, you and I just kind of showed up, didn't we? We just showed up in this world. The verse in, in John 3 goes on to say, but there is a problem with the light. And that is that humans like the darkness more than they do the light because our deeds are not so good. The same situation That you might find yourself as that last kitten in the box. You may find in this life, or you will find in this life, that there is something wrong. Like everything was going well, I was in a comfortable situation, and all of a sudden I look around and there is something wrong. Like I'm the only kitten in this box for the kitten. But for you, and for me as human beings, because we're not animals, animals go off of mostly instinct, but you and I, as humans, we have human nature. What some people would call human nature, we also have morality. That you and I, we, we know the difference. We, we know that there's right and we know that there's wrong. That's what separates you and I from animals. That we know that there's a right, we know that there's a wrong, there is morality in this world. My mom is here. She can contest to this, but my brother and I, we would have knockdown dragouts about who was going to sit in the front seat. Like I'm calling it three days before we go anywhere. Like I'm sitting in the front seat. I call shotgun. I'm there. Like You don't get in my front seat. If he's in the front seat, then we're fighting, right? Like, no, 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 no. You were in the front seat three weeks ago on Wednesday. I wrote it down. Like, this is not right. Like it was my, turn to be in the front seat like I know right from wrong and I know what you're doing right now it is totally wrong and we're going to fight about it because I'm right anyone else can contest to that but what happens when it's out of turn and you're in the front seat I know he's right I don't care I'm in the front seat, right? I'm not going to admit that I'm wrong. I'm going to come up with all the excuses that I can on why I'm in the front seat. I'm not going to admit it. Now nah, I'm good. I, oh, I was you were there yesterday. It's my turn. Human nature. And if we humble ourselves and don't come up with excuses all of a sudden we realize I can't live up to the same standard that I'm holding other people to. I know what's right and wrong. I know what I want them to do. I can't, but I can't live up to that. I can't live up to that standard because I'm breaking that law that I have that's within me. And that's the dilemma that we have. That we're sinners. That we can't live up to the rule, the law that we have. But the Bible says if we humble ourselves and we cry out to God, that there's something wrong with me. Just as that kitten in the box that cries out, something is wrong and I need help that God will hear us. If we call out to the one that was there from the beginning. This concept of faith has two components. One is we say that intellectually we say, "Okay, we believe that God sent his son Jesus to earth to live a perfect life, to go to the cross, to die for my sins, to be buried and reborn three days later. Intellectually, yes, I believe that. C.S. Lewis, I agree with him to say that there's kind of a second level to our faith. That's one part of it. But there's a second part to our faith. When we are sitting in a cardboard box with no hope, all seems lost, knowing that something is wrong, coming to an end of ourselves... And we cry out to God, Jesus, save me. I'm a sinner. I need help. You see, God's power is made perfect in our weakness. As an unbeliever who confesses that we are a sinner, there's no hope, I need God. And even as a believer, When all hope is lost, when we're at the end of ourselves, there's nothing else that we can do. The doctors don't have any more answers. And we find ourselves in a situation where there is no hope It's where God does his best work. It's called faith. It's called faith when we that second level, when we find ourselves, there's nothing else that I can do. I have to put my hope and faith in God. And I don't like to see you there, and I don't like to be there all the time. But I know it's where God works in my heart. I know it's where he works in me and my faith grows. And I remember back when God has come through all those times in my life and I lean on that and I say, yes, I'm going to put my faith in God because he's come through before. It's like the Father that says, Jesus says, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. That I can pray, Lord, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. And I see a lot of you in that situation. There's a a lot of hurt, a lot of sickness, a lot of things going on in the church today where a lot of people have given up hope. But I want to encourage you that that is where God works. We wait upon the Lord. He will show up. He will lift you out of despair and hopelessness. And he will show you the immense love that he has for you. There have been so many times in Amanda and I's life where it felt like nothing else we can do. This is never going to work out. I've read every scenario through my mind. It's not going to work. But in my quiet time, I hear God saying, just keep going. Just keep going. Trust me. Trust me. I will get you through this. And I want to promise you that God will show up on his timing, at the right timing, at the right moment. That is that second level of faith. The intellectual side, and then that level, when it seems like there's no hope left, is where God shows up. And I want to tell you, it's not comfortable sometimes surrendering to God and, and giving it to him, but it's what he wants us to do. Just like that kitten in the box, tried to claw his way out, try to build a little ladder, I don't know, try to do everything you could to get out of the box and realize I can't do this. i got to give up. i got to surrender. I'm going to make myself so vulnerable that the only hope that I have left is a little cry for the one that was here from the beginning. It's called faith. C.S. Lewis in this book, he says, if we as humans or Christians, if we seek only comfort, that it will only end in despair. But if we seek truth, it will not be comfortable, but it will end in comfort. But in that period of time, it will not be comfortable always in our lives, that God, he, he wants to move us away from the fireplace, a place of, of comfort to a place where we can grow. A place where we can grow. And that's not always the funnest. But the good thing is God is with us. See, as Lewis, he, he gave this example and he says that Christians, we, we, we want, and I'm putting myself in this category, that, that we want our faith to be like a little cottage, right? Like a little neat, perfect cottage in the woods. And we don't want anyone messing with that. That's our faith, that's, that's who we are as Christians. But see as Lewis, he said, but all of a sudden our foundation starts shaking. And we are getting additions put on our house and we're getting this courtyard and this swimming pool put in. And this isn't what necessarily that I thought it was going to be like. and It's not always comfortable. But he said, God's not building a house that you can live in. He's building a house that he lives in because Christ is within us. He, he's creating us for his glory from one degree of glory to the next the bible says and it's a process and it requires in the beginning was god you can trust him it has nothing to do with your abilities In the beginning was God. In the beginning, God created. In the beginning was the word. And through him, all things were created. It's humbling to say it has nothing to do with my abilities. It's all about God and what he does. So back to love. When do you feel loved the most? I was thinking about that. I remember, um, told you I had a near-death experience, was in the hospital. A couple times, Amanda would contest that. I'm <laughs> um, trying to die all the time. Um, but I remember those times, like waking up, and, I, and I, I remember who came and visited me. I remember my mom and my grandma came. I remember my uncle came. I remember other people, my brother. I remember other people that came to visit me. To this day, I couldn't tell you what they said. But they loved me and they were there. They were with me. That's what God did for us with Christ, right? He sent him, Emmanuel, God with us. Like he sent his son Jesus, right, to earth so that the light could be with us, Emmanuel, and he did that because he he loves you. John 3, 16, I'm going to read 16 through 19, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. God sent his son, Jesus, to show you that he loves you. To rescue you. From this problem that we know that we have. As humans. We just have to humble ourselves. Again those three things. Is that we have to know God from the beginning. Put our faith and trust in Christ. And move from comfort. To truth. To truly know God's love for us. And what that looks like. And God's love is that he would send his son. That all we need to do is put our faith and trust in Jesus is to believe, to depend upon him and the life that he lived, and the sacrifice that he made on the cross and that we would have eternal life. God would love you so much, you would have eternal life. That's forever, if you don't know what eternal. That you would have eternal life. A life that you could never imagine. The joy. And the love of the Lord every day. And that God, he he wants to change you. He wants to grow you to be more like his son Jesus. Because it gives him more glory. So for the application for today. Today. Um, I heard of this story, in World War II, uh, there was a bread ration. So the lady finds out, you're not going to get any bread. And she said, that's okay, I only eat toast. <laughs> and it was kind of logical. So no bread, no toast, right? I also want to tell you, no Christ, no love. If you experience love, go to the doctor and the nurse loves on you. Teacher loves on you. Someone does something nice for you. It's because of Christ. God is love. And that means for you and I, we have a responsibility to be the light of Christ, to be. The love of Christ for others. There was this quote, and I changed it up slightly. I don't know who the author is, so I think they'll be fine with it. But it said, he he or she said, we are here on earth to know God's love. And to love others. And they said, what others are here for, I do not know. I do not know. God loves you. He sent his son, Jesus, to die for you while you're yet a sinner. While you were yet knowing what's right, but doing what's wrong and making excuses for it. Because we're sinners. You see, Jesus did not seek comfort. He was following the truth, following the will of his Father, and he went to the cross to die for all of us. It was not comfortable. He humbled himself. He took on the sin of the world on the cross for you and I. So I want to ask, have you come to a place where in your life where you realize that something is wrong between you and God? You stop trying to come up with excuses. You, you, you want to continue to pursue comfort. You want to continue to try to get out of the box, however you can, depending on your abilities. And I just want to encourage you to, to move away from the fireplace a little bit. Outside of your comfort zone. Seek the truth, to give up, to surrender. Give it to Christ. Give it to God. He wants to work in and through you. He wants to be your savior. He wants to be the light of of Christ in your life.